0: Welcome to Dispatch in Depth, where we give you the stories behind the science of emergency dispatch. This is an official podcast of the International Academies of Emergency Dispatch, the world's leading authority in dispatch science. I'm your host, Becca Barris, writer and copy editor for the Journal of Emergency Dispatch. In each episode, we'll be bringing you stories of the fascinating people who work in this area. We'll give you their backstory, including how they got there, what they're working on, and what drew them to the field. These are people who represent the cutting edge in Emergency Dispatch, and I hope you'll join us to hear more about them. Welcome to Dispatch In Depth. Today we're talking with Lori Henrickson and Lily Peterson about the benefits of providing high school students with career technical education in emergency dispatching. Lori is the owner and training consultant at BX3 Public Safety LLC, the host of Comms Coach Podcasts, and is a regional instructor for ETC. Lori also created the Emergency Telecommunications Program at Veterans Tribute Career and Technical Academy, or VTCTA, which is a public safety-focused magnet high school in Las Vegas, Nevada. Lily is a 2013 Advanced Honors graduate of the VTCTA Emergency Telecommunications Program, who went on to work with the Las Vegas Combined Communications Center in 2017. She was promoted to Communications Specialist Supervisor in 2022. Welcome, Lily and Lori.
1: Thank you for having us today.
0: Good morning. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. Lori, we've had you on the podcast before in an episode called The Next Generation of Dispatchers. So if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend going back, listening to it. And Lily, you're a newcomer to the podcast. How are you? How are you feeling?
2: I'm excited to be here. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about the school and the experience. And I'm really excited to share kind of my experience of it.
0: Yeah, and we'll jump right into it. So could... Both of you, please give the listeners a quick rundown of your career path. How did you get into dispatch? And Lori, we'll start with you.
1: So my father had worked for the Bureau of Land Management and he was a reserve officer for LVMPD. So I kind of didn't have a choice. He was able to get me into the Las Vegas Interagency Communication Center, working for the Bureau of Land Management and United States Forest Service at 16. So I started working there in high school. And then when I was 19, he went over to LVMPD dispatch and said, hey, my daughter wants to test here. And I tested and made it. So I started again with the police department here at 19 years old, where I spent many years. I was a trainer. I was a CIT certified. And then in 2010, VTCTA was opening. I had worked with the principal at LVMPD. She was a former call taker there. And she'd asked if I would start a program there in emergency telecommunications. So I started there in 2010. I just retired from there this spring where I opened up BX3 Public Safety where I do training and consultation. I'm a host at Comscast podcasts, which I'm hoping to bring attention to the importance of training and and training topics. And then I'm also still an ETC regional instructor. Even though you retired, you're still pretty busy. Is that fair to say? Oh, yes. All (laughs) over the place. (laughs) All over the place.
0: (laughs) And Lily, we know that you started your emergency dispatch career kind of in high school. But how how did you get drawn to that program?
2: So I started at the high school my sophomore year. They actually opened my freshman year, but I didn't quite know about it yet. And then a really close family friend kind of towards the end of the year knew And worked with the principal's husband who was also in law enforcement and was like, Hey, like, I know you're super interested in CSI. There's this school that has like CSI as a program. I'm like, Oh, that's totally awesome. So I applied, got accepted and actually went to the school for CSI my sophomore year. And then I actually had Lori as my Nevada law and statutes teacher, which she did an amazing job at making an incredibly boring topic, super interesting <laughs> because going over laws isn't exactly invigorating for, you know, teenagers, but she made it really interesting and relevant and start talking about her dispatch career. And like, I had been fortunate enough to never have to call 911 during my life. So like, I never really thought about that link in the emergency services. So I'm like, oh, there's police and fire. Cool. They're here, but I never really thought about how they got there. So when she started talking about it in her experience in 911, I'm like, that is super interesting. So I enrolled in the ETC program my junior year. So I was a little bit behind because normally it starts a little bit earlier. So I didn't really think I'd be able to finish the program, but I kind of, Lori really worked with my schedule during my junior and senior year to be able to enroll me in the ETC1 and then my senior year be able to enroll me in both classes because I kind of started as her student aide. And then during that class was actually the telecommunications certification through the academy. So we just kind of transitioned me into the bookwork for that side of it instead of being a student aide. So I was able to graduate going fully through the program, which was super exciting because I, like I said, I went for CSI. Dispatch ended up being way cooler. The CSI stuff's interesting, but I just fell in love with Dispatch as a, as a program, as a career path. It was pretty cool.
1: Dispatch is cool. <laughs> yes,
2: yes.
0: We like to think so here at Dispatch and Dev. We definitely know that Dispatch is cool. So let's talk a little bit more about VTCTA. So it's a high school. It's freshman to senior. So for international listeners, what is that, age 14 to 18?
1: Most students graduate, they're 18 or almost 18. Which means they're
0: pretty much qualified to I mean, not qualified, but they they hit the age minimum to be able to be hired in a dispatch center, right? Unless is it younger in Nevada?
1: No, most agencies from what I've seen are 18. The only thing that Allowed me to start the federal government. I was allowed to start at 16. Oh, right. okay,
0: Yeah. So students are high school age. They're kind of thinking about their careers. Lily, you were thinking about maybe doing CSI, crime scene investigation. So you already have these students who are motivated to, you know, kind of get a head start on adulthood. And Laurie, I know that in the previous episode, we talked about how. For students who want to go into other aspects of first response, so, you know, policing or firefighting, you have them take a basics of dispatching class. Is that correct? Am I recalling that correctly?
1: Correct. And actually, just in case somebody isn't familiar, so we have different magnet schools across Clark County, just like I'm sure across the United States, and they're focused on a whole range of different programs. Ours is strictly public safety based. Mm -hmm. So if a student does choose to enter the lottery, they're choosing to go into emergency telecommunications, law enforcement, emergency medical services, CSI or cybersecurity. And this has changed throughout the years. It used to be freshman year. Every freshman would take a class called Foundations of Public Safety, which is an overview of everything. However, this year it did change. Every incoming freshman is taking law enforcement. And so if they're in this program, they would take law enforcement. Sophomore year, they would take law enforcement too or start one of the other programs and go from there. Interesting.
0: What was the driving force behind that change?
1: Basically, the Department of Education, they got rid of that class, which, again, I was just a teacher. I really liked the class because it gave the students an overview of everything. Because honestly, when a student thinks about coming to our school, most kids want to be a SWAT officer or canine or CSI because that's what they see on TV. And nobody really even knows about dispatch. So was a good class. However, I'm fine with law enforcement because uh, the kids that will end up coming to the emergency telecommunications program, they're going to get a good foundation of law enforcement that I don't have to like try to to start teaching or, or whatnot. So, and in that class, they'll, they'll also get an overview of the other resources and the other types of entities that a law enforcement officer would work with. So I think it'll be fine.
0: Okay, there will still be that exposure to the students who are interested in going to public safety, just not perhaps as much as there might have been.
1: Correct. And what I've done the last few years is I had the foundations teacher, and I'm sure they'll have the law enforcement teacher do it this year, but I would have them come in during the dispatch portion and the freshmen would do sit-alongs with my students. Mm -hmm. So they would actually sit at their dispatch consoles and they would learn about the program. I'd give an overview. So that way they were introduced to it. Plus, they saw how cool the lab was and having your own console. So they really did get a feel for it.
0: Yeah. So let's get into the program that you helped implement. What did it look like? You said there's a lab, so there's the hands-on aspect.
1: Uh-huh. We do have a, a dispatch lab. There's 29 consoles in there. And then the classroom next door has an additional six stations. We're very, very fortunate that we have ProQA for all of the different disciplines. Central Square had donated InformCAD. So we have real world software that the students get to learn on, which is amazing. Yeah, that's so handy. I did an episode
0: of this podcast with our learning design manager here at the Academy. And he said that there's just so many studies coming out lately that show that the human brain learns best when it's doing the thing that it's supposed to be learning. Right. So theory is all well and good in its place. But if you really want someone to learn something and be able to absorb it, you have to have them doing the thing that you want them to learn.
1: Definitely. And that's the the plus of a program like this, because they do so much. So if they choose to go into emergency telecommunications, they have an application sophomore year, and if they're accepted, they start junior year. And junior year, they take one course, and that course is primarily police, call-taking, and dispatching. And we start out with the basics. They learn the history. They learn laws. They learn civil and criminal law. They learn the phonetic alphabet, military time, and all that. And then they start small, with Uh, property crimes. You know, then we go into stolen vehicles. Eventually they go into domestic violence, robberies, shootings, stabbings. They take burglaries in progress, officer-involved shootings. And then they also learn CIT. So they learn about mental illness and somebody in crisis threatening to harm themselves or others. And radio. Senior year, they take two courses. So the ET2 course is actually The Academy's ETC course, so I'm an instructor and the new teacher there is also an instructor, so they'll take the ETC course Then they also have the opportunity to be certified in emergency police, fire and emergency medical dispatching as well. The secondary course they take is a lab course, and that is the fortunate thing on this because it's the hands-on. That's the one where they're in the lab, and that's where they learn fire and medical call-taking and dispatching, and then advanced law enforcement, which is advanced radio, uh, pursuits, perimeters, use of canine, active assailant, and then we are also fortunate to prepare them by going over resumes and doing mock oral boards, getting them ready for interviews. So when they graduate this program, they're pretty much dialed in to test for any type of agency.
0: I can't even imagine how prepared they must feel going out into the world. I remember being 18 and graduating high school and be like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. (laughs) Motivated kids, man. Who are they? The future is great. So Lily... Let's hear kind of the flip side of the experience. So what was it like to be a student in the program? I talked about feeling, you know, confident at 18, going into a dispatch career. Was that your experience?
2: So for me personally, I actually graduated. i would like, I never want to do dispatch. I hate talking on the phone. It has its place. It's super cool. I'm glad I learned about it, but I hate talking on the phone. Like I was super shy in high school. I was like the quiet one. I just didn't really I was just very shy. So I initially went into the hospitality industry in Vegas because there's a huge hospitality industry here and it kind of built those social skills cuz I was an event coordinator so I was having to talk to people every day. I was having to talk on the phone, I was forced to. So I that's kind of what led me into it is getting those first and then being like, oh, "Okay, let me go do this thing that's, you know, meaningful and helps people and I'm fine talking on the phone now." But as far as at the school, it really it really set the foundation to be able to go into this type of work. Because when I was there, it was the first year Lori was there. And what I think she doesn't mention sometimes is she didn't come into this whole beautiful prepared curriculum. So she was literally building it just from her own knowledge, skills and abilities and talking to the partner agencies. So when I was there, it was strictly law enforcement. We hadn't implemented the fire and medical aspects yet. And that was the other kind of thing too, is like going into it is I was like, this is a really, big career. I don't know if I'm ready for that. But that's also the really great thing about the program, too, is like you learn about it and you're like, hey, instead of going into this career at 18 and then not knowing anything that's going on, you kind of have that idea of it so that you're not, you know, wasting the agency's time and resources and contributing to the high turnover. You're actually learning about the career, learning about the realities of, like she said, the shifts, the stress, the hours and everything like that. I went into fire medical thinking I was not going to know anything. I was like totally unprepared. I was like I've never been a medical person before. I don't know anything. But the skills we learned there actually translated over because it was. We do use, we're an EMD agency also. So all of the questions are there. But the skills as far as keyboarding and multitasking and listening and radio technique, I had all of that. Even though it came from law enforcement curriculum, it was all the same skills.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Lori, we talked about in the other episode about how you teach the students right from the beginning mindfulness skills and how to cope with stress. You don't <laughs> you don't let them flounder in the career, right? You tell them you're like this is a really stressful career. Your shifts are going to be crazy and now such your body's going to do crazy things. Here's how to manage it.
1: Oh, totally. And we would do some kind of de-stressing activity Every single day, because that's kind of my thing. When I was at on the department, I was gung-ho on crisis intervention and all that. And, and I've unfortunately had a few friends who've committed suicide through the years. And I want to ensure that any student that goes through the program, hopefully they will have an understanding of how to take care of themselves. And so, yeah, we do silly things. We talk about, you know, this is what you can do you know, outside of of school, outside of your future job. We watch goat videos, you know, we watch silly things, dance, but it's all to, again, help them take care of themselves and know that they need to have that de-stressing type of activity. This was really important too during the COVID shutdowns. So when I was teaching virtually, there was a lot of times that they would have to send me what they did that day that was something fun. Or they would have to tell me maybe their their challenge for the weekend was you have to do something good for somebody else, which makes you usually feel better. And so they would have to do something for someone and send it to me and tell me how that made them feel. And so, yeah, that's that's a huge thing for for anyone going into this career, but especially for this high school age to if they have that foundation and that skill of learning how to take care of themselves, hopefully it'll Benefit them in the future.
0: Yeah. So, Lily, you're still in dispatch. Do you find that those tools have helped you? Have you been able to pass them on to coworkers who maybe don't have that foundational knowledge? I know you're a, a supervisor right now. Does that entail helping new employees?
2: We're actually at super Bowl as and agencies. So, we actually, including myself, we have eight of us from the school now. There are a couple of them are still in training right now, just various stages of training. But as far as passing on the skills we have, we're really lucky to have a pretty robust training program. So as a supervisor, I don't really see them until they're coming out on the floor with their, their floor trainers, So like I'll pop back into the class and just say hello and whatnot. But as far as the hand part of it, as a supervisor, I'm not really working with them until they're on the floor with us. Okay. But it is super cool to be able to see, you know, people coming through. And a lot of them, there's been a couple of them were actually like, I went to school with them coming through, but a lot of them now coming are, you know, the classes after that, I didn't really know. But it's, it's interesting because they tend to be the, the higher performers in the class because they come from these higher standards of the grading standards, the expectations of uniforms, the just professionalism. So they tend to be the ones who come in and just hit the ground running because they have the tasking, the stress and all of that already ready to go.
0: Yeah, that is really cool and very helpful in a world where retention and recruitment is such a big issue in emergency dispatch right now.
2: Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. People coming in knowing exactly, exactly what the career is and being like, yep, I do want to do that for sure.
0: Lily, are you involved with VTCTA at all right now?
2: Yeah, so my involvement over the years has changed a little bit when Lori was there, especially once I first like got signed off probation and all that, I was like, let me tell you everything fired medical. You need to know. I got you. Let me go through all this (laughs) And I kind of took the curriculum that she had from EFD and EMD and kind of tailored it more towards local of like what Southern to make it more relevant. So it's. It's more direct. So it's, it was a lot of fun going through that. And I would come in on my days off and teach for students and be up way too early to be at the school. But it was it was wonderful. It was great. As the programs kind of changed a little bit, we definitely as an agency come back whenever we're invited to for oral boards and anything that they need us for. I love being there. It's it's great.
0: So, Lori, you are a consultant. I know that people have reached out to you in the past to talk about implementing a similar program in their high schools. I asked you a couple of years ago if you see this as an up-and-coming trend, more of this vocational training in high schools. What's the status?
1: It is becoming more widespread across the country. Lily and I have been fortunate to speak at a lot of the conferences in the last several years about programs like this. A lot of people have come up to us saying that they're trying to start a program. They are. Now, the size of the programs are Very different. I've heard of a few programs similar to ours. It's hard for them to last because honestly, it's hard to find a teacher willing to put in all the hours that it takes to keep a program like this running. Yeah. But I've heard of programs that are even just over spring break. It's a deep dive into uh, maybe getting them ETC trained, or it's a semester long. A lot of them are a year long. There's a big trend towards CTE, career and technical education, in public safety. And again, since dispatch isn't as well known, the majority of that is EMS or law enforcement. And I've stressed to those starting the law enforcement programs, even if you can just include us for two, three weeks, that's better than nothing. You know, and so it, it is a trend, but yeah, the, the time that's spent is really varies throughout the US.
0: I hadn't thought about that, right? Because I was I was thinking of CTE programs as a couple of years and you have to apply. But what you said about having programs that are like a semester long or a year long or even just the ETC classes over spring break, that's doable, Lori, especially like you said, if they don't have teachers who have the experience, who are willing to put in all the work, that is really valuable.
1: Career and technical education teachers, most of them are a part of an organization called ACTI. Mm -hmm. And then also, if they are in public safety, it's called LAPSIN, the Law and Public Safety Education Network. Mm -hmm. Their conference is this November, and I'll be speaking at LAPSIN to these educators about trying to start these programs because, yeah, if we could... Again, the week long ones are awesome. Two weeks, whatever it is, we'll take. But if we can start actual programs like this, it's a win win for everyone.
0: Yeah. So when you are at LAPS and when you're giving your presentation, what are some of the things that you will be recommending to high schools or just schools considering implementing this?
1: Well I'll be honest and I will tell them that it's a hard program to provide. The biggest thing is they need to have a dedicated instructor who's willing to work extremely hard to support it and who understands the liability of a program like this because you are teaching students and then they are leaving your classroom and they could start dispatching the next day and you were their trainer. So this instructor needs to know that they're gonna be creating curriculum and always learning more, always going to conferences and classes. They need to be able to meet with partners and then always remember their former graduates. That's another thing that even still, now that I've retired, I'm still in contact with the former graduates. I send out job offerings or, or courses all the time that they can still take. But to do it right, the one thing I wish I would have had is if a school district or an agency could have at least two instructors. That's, that's the wish. Um, luckily, I was fortunate to have a lot of former grads come in, especially as much as Lily came in to help me. But there's so many things that doing a program like this in a school entails just the teacher stuff, the grading, the teacher meetings, teacher classes and and all that. Then the research and curriculum that you have to create. But then you also have to teach. You have to listen to phone calls. You have to evaluate calls. So again, it was doable for me with, with the help from my former grads. But the best thing is if you can fund at least two teachers for a program, The sky's the limit with what you can do with this. It's hard enough
0: being a dispatcher, but it's also very hard being a Q and being an instructor. And then on top of that, you also have to be a teacher.
1: Well, The thing is, is when you work for a a dispatch center, usually in most cases, if you're training someone on the floor, it's one on one. It's not one on 30. And then the other couple things is also whoever takes this program or when they build this program, you got to realize it is a high school. You have to get used to the fact that students are going to be absent. Students are going to be pulled out. You're in the middle of talking about, you know, shootings, and then half the class gets pulled out for an assembly. So you have to realize that, that you have to have backups and, and be flexible with what you're teaching and know that you maybe have to reteach it the following week. And then really lastly is the importance of partnering with the agencies local, state, federal, and then any companies that can assist you with support, hardware, technology, and people to come in and help you.
0: Yes, please reach out to the International Academies of Emergency Dispatch if you would like pro-QA on your machines. We can definitely arrange that.
1: And that was really awesome for these students. That really put them ahead of a lot of people. It also made them feel like so... Actual because I'm like this is the same program
2: I use every day. They're like, really? I'm like, yes, like you're going through the exact same questions, the exact same software, the exact same programs like you're doing what a dispatcher does. They're Like, oh my gosh, I'm a real dispatcher. I'm like, yeah, you're doing it. You're really doing it. Yeah, that's
0: really cool that you're not providing them with like the training wheels version, right? Because I, there's this kind of instinct with teenagers, especially to kind of coddle them and be like, OK, well, like we're we're going to teach you this real world thing, but we're kind of kind of soften it a little bit. But I, you don't necessarily need to do that. And you're right. They need to be prepared for this role, for this job. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I was always, even through COVID, I still taught, I I mean, it was adjusted because of the video and recording, but I've always been very adamant that I've got to teach these the same skills because no matter what. When they graduate again, they can do this job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Lily, I know that when you left high school, you felt maybe a little bit ill-prepared, like, socially to be a dispatcher. But did you feel prepared in other ways, like most other ways, some other ways?
2: And that's, that's what's funny. So, like, going into it, I thought I wasn't prepared at all. And then I had all the skills. So it's, it's just kind of putting it together as far as, like, oh, like, this is exactly what we did. And I had about a four year gap between graduating and starting. And even, even with that gap, it all just came right back. And even the the students leaving now, I'm I'm sure they just based on their feedback, they feel a lot more prepared because they're having people come in being like, this is, this is what you're doing, like using the ProQA, using Central Square, all of that. They're like, this is what we use as an agency. So they're getting to really have reinforced to them like this is what you will be doing every day. And Lori's great job of when she can having them come over for like sit longs with our agency or sit-alongs at Metro to see like, hey, like this is, this is exactly what you're doing. Like there's no change here. This it's the only difference is the caller is real and there's someone actually in danger, actually needing medical assistance rather than the person being across the room.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think that any students are like intimidated away from dispatch just because they see how much you're doing and the scope of it? Right. Because there's a saying that if something goes wrong, a dispatch, it goes wrong all the way down. So rather than, you know, starting out and being like, oh, dispatch is boring, like I've never thought about it to kind of the other end of the pendulum where it's like dispatch is everything and I don't know
1: if I can do it. Yes, and that's the good thing because they are learning all of this stuff. And if they go through the program and they realize that this is not for them, that is that's another win-win because they're not going to go to an agency and waste their time and the agency's time on training only to leave. Usually if they go through this program and they realize this is for them when they go to an agency, usually they know what they're getting into and they're very successful. But if they choose something else, again, that's that's actually awesome. And then they can choose something that they really are interested in. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. And if they pursue other avenues in public safety, they know how dispatch works. So even if they don't want to do that job, they can, you know, be out on the streets as a law enforcement officer and say, oh, it's important that we report this back over the radio because in my dispatch training, I learned this.
1: Mm -hmm. And what's funny is the majority of the students, in fact, most of them, if they don't choose dispatch, they do choose something else in public safety or with giving back to the community. Because I'm so high into teaching them CIT and mental illness and all that, I have quite a few students that go into psychology and counseling and all that. And then I have a lot of uh, students because of the medical side that have gone into nursing and then a ton of police officers, firefighters, but yeah, they they do go into something where they're going to serve others and do good for people. Just not maybe not dispatch. Right.
0: Yeah. And and serving is serving is serving. Doesn't matter where it is necessarily. We would love more dispatchers. Yes. yes. Yeah. And programs like this are very helpful. Right. Because like you said, people know what it entails. So if they're like, oh, I'm actually not up to this. I'm not up to, you know, the mental levels. I'm not up to the multitasking. Like you said, it's so nice because then they don't spend like a year of training in an agency and then wash out.
1: Right. And they become even better at what they've done. So if they are a police officer now or they are a firefighter now, they understand dispatch and they know what dispatch is doing and why they do the things that they do. I do have a former student that's actually a firefighter with City of Las Vegas, and he graduated from our EMS program at Veterans and was also graduate of the dispatch program. And he got his EMD, EFD, and his ETC, and he still maintains those certifications. And he's very, very proud of them. He's a firefighter, but he could step in and if you know, and, and eventually be a dispatcher someday. That's really cool.
2: You have the people kind of like me as well, who initially are like, mm, maybe I don't want to do this. And because at 18, you're not thinking about retirement, you're not thinking about medical benefits, you're not thinking about any of that. And then once you kind of get like a little bit older and you're like, wow, insurance is really expensive <laughs> and you know, maybe I want to retire one day. You start looking in cause like we're through the city of Las Vegas cause we're a combined center, but that's who our benefits are through. And we're actually very lucky is that we're part of the international association of firefighters union. So we're union covered, we're part of the city benefits. We have like a pension. So like it's things that you're not really thinking about at 18, but like closer to like 2021, 20, you're like, oh, these things matter. And kind of go to that career as well of like, hey, like I can do this. It may not be, you know, what I originally thought, but it's something I enjoy. It's something that is fulfilling
1: and something that can help you down the road as well. It's a win, 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 win. And quite a few of the students actually do go because our school really does push the benefits of a college education. So a lot of students do leave and go to do their college and or military and then enter the dispatch field or public safety field after their graduation or after they're out of their military service. Right. It's nice to know that, yeah,
0: you don't have to immediately go into dispatch either after this kind of program. You can, you can go to college, you can go into another industry. And Lily, it sounds like you were like right back on it after your, your stint in hospitality.
2: It's funny because like some of the skills I learned there actually helped in that career as well, as far as like, communication and talking to people with a different like a language barrier and talking to people of different ages and like it's all the same skills. You're still talking to people, you're still typing. I typed very fast more than my coworkers. So like that helped too. And it's it's similar skills just used in a different way. But it was it was interesting how much all of it translates just right back to dispatch, right when you come back.
0: Yeah. It is interesting. It's interesting to see how things work out, how things are connected. So As we wrap up here, what is one thing that you would like listeners to take away from this episode? And Lori, we will start with you.
1: Okay. So basically, I believe dispatching is the best job ever. I absolutely loved working on the radio. Unfortunately, most of the public doesn't even know who we are, what we do. But if we can do a better job of educating the public about this career, we can fill our centers with dedicated professionals that also share that passion. I've been so fortunate to have been able to train this next generation of public safety dispatchers who've received the training and certifications to keep both our responders and communities safe. I truly believe that training is a key for all emergency telecommunicators, but educating high school age young adults about this career is absolutely necessary. Although I am officially retired from the school district, I am still helping to support the continued success of the program at VTCTA. That's another reason I started BX3 Public Safety so that I can help with consultation and training for any school or agency interested in creating this program. It's definitely rewarding when you have a student like Lily who started in a high school program and is now a dispatch supervisor, making a positive difference in our community. And so Becca, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to you about this and to share our experience today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Lily, what is your pearl of wisdom?
2: I would just say, don't discount the young. I hear a lot about like, oh, kids these days, they don't want to work. They don't have any work ethic, dah, 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 da. like, Don't discount them because a lot of the times, those are the people that they're excited still. Like they they aren't the burnt out dispatchers. They're excited, they want to learn, they want to help people, especially this generation. They're so focused on not necessarily what things do for them, but what they're able to do for others. They're very caring people. So it's if you can find the right candidate who has the skills that you're looking for, don't discount them because they're 18, 19, 20. They're still a really great employee. You don't have to look for the people who have previous dispatch experience if it's not like a real center, like if they haven't taken live 911 calls, if there's someone from a program like this or even not from a program like this. Just don't discount the youth. They're great. They're amazing. (laughs) And thank you so much for letting us explain our love of this program a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I love how passionate you both are about it. I've been to a couple of your Navigator sessions and just love it. Love your rapport. Love everything that you bring to the table. So if you are listening to this episode and thinking, hey, I want to talk about this topic or hey you should have this person on the podcast go ahead and email us at dispatch in at emergency dispatch.org we will have relevant links in the show notes a way for you to contact Lori if you want her to come consult at your school or your center or whatever and i think that's it thank you both so much for being on today
2: thanks for having thank you us.
0: thanks for listening to dispatch in depth Remember, it really helps if you rate and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dispatch in Depth is hosted by me, Becca Barris. I'm also the technical director and producer, and Matthew Maiko is the executive producer.